General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, a podcast covering Blood Red Skies, a game of World War II aerial combat. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. So tonight we're going to sit around and talk about a couple things we've seen out for some intel out there in the uh, bigger world. We're going to talk about some projects we're working on. We're going to talk a little bit about some solo play things coming up, and then we're going to talk through some of your questions. But first, Chris, let's talk a little bit about what we've seen out there. I know you and Brett were talking about these uh, Schooner Labs two-part skill discs from Etsy. Uh, did you get a good chance to take a good look at those? I did, and... Dude, I'm just like so holding back from ordering them like a set of like 200 and multiple colors and well, you don't have as many models as Brett. You don't have to fill out all of those again. Dude, dude, it's just so tempting because they are gorgeous discs. I mean, they're they're just they're just that 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 is a cool idea. Whoever came up with that, you are a rock star. And, And I think it's it's cool on both counts. It is first of all cool to be able to go out and order the single piece ones and just buy as many as you need of whatever you have gaps in. Uh, and the two-part ones. So the fact that you can leave the main disc on there and then just change out the pilot skill part. And you've got all the arcs and everything you need and you're just changing out what pilot skill that pilot is uh, based on how you're using them in that scenario or how you've, uh, how you've moved them up. And that probably would also be good for things like Sandstorm where you've got a campaign system and so your pilots may be changing. And if you have customized models with customized nose art for various pilots, hey, you can just change out their pilot skill as it, as it improves. It seems pretty neat. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really great system. I mean, it's it's something that, um, you know, maybe we can talk to the guys at Warlord and see if they could, you know, think about something like that in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we also were going to talk about some decal softener and decal fixer from Green Stuff World. Um, I've used some of their things in in, uh, in a variety of, th- of of different mediums and stuff. I, have you had a chance to try the decal softener? The decal I have fixer? not used their decal softener and their decal fix, but I'm a big fan of Green Stuff World. I, I got their cable roller years ago being a Mechanicum player. Yeah, yeah. For I doing remember when you got that and you're like, thank Dude, God. it is the <laughs> coolest thing life. in the world. I mean, I've gotten so many compliments on my Archmagos model that I did that's a conversion because everybody's like, oh my God, all those hoses and everything. I was like, yeah, that's all. Was that the guy that got like 40 bolter shots taken on him and killed him was that that guy yeah, I, I forgot okay yeah, yeah that guy. yeah, yeah that, okay. exactly. just want to make sure just want to make sure <sighs> fucking imperial fists <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah so I, I haven't had a chance to to use it and so once again i use microsol microset that's kind of what i'm used to what's in my wheelhouse what where my comfort level is um, but, uh, it's always good to try other products out there. I, while I do make fun of you, Chris, uh, and to a lesser extent, Brett, I don't think he's as, as bad of the, uh, the paint addict as you are. Um, it's always good to go try different mediums cause they're all going to behave slightly differently. And especially with decal softener and fixers, the, the chemical makeup there is going to either speed or slow the process. Um, and so you may have to change your technique a little bit. Yep. All right, well, let's move on pretty quick. Uh, let's talk about some things we've actually picked up and worked on. Um, I know Brett has worked with the Flight Deck decals, the Flight Deck 2400 scale uh, decals. Those are awesome. Uh, I will leave those to what's going to come up on Instagram here in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to take uh, too much of his thunder. Um, but if you don't want to paint little lines on your carriers, uh, I have to recommend the guys at Flight Deck decals because their stuff looks awesome. Uh, and, uh, Brett's been using it. He'll demo some of those, uh, those carriers that he's done. And it certainly makes, uh, getting a, above a table ready level of detail to be, uh, to be pretty quick. 
But one of the things we talked about, we talked about the Treehouse uh, clear acrylic gloss coating. And I, and I don't use it. I know, uh, Chris, you talked about it. Brett had, had used it. Uh, a bunch of us were talking about it. Um, you know, what were some other things about that gloss coat uh, that, that you'd found? You've been using it specifically for decals, right? Well, I'm not using Treehouse. And this is what happened. Brett mentioned the Treehouse and said, dude, this is the best thing in the world for putting flurry wash down. Because it, if you let your flurry wash sit, a lot of times if you're using like an AK Interactive or some of those other companies that do the spray through the airbrush, um, acrylic um, gloss coats, semi coats or matte coats. The problem with it is there's still, even with the gloss coat, I think there's, when you have... Flory, which is an acrylic medium that's got clay in it, and then you put it over the top of something that is like AK Interactive's acrylic-based freaking gloss coat, I think there's still some ability for those two to combine. But when you use an enamel-based gloss coat, which is what Brett hit on when he found the Treehouse stuff, it seems to, and I did the experiment, I couldn't get Treehouse because, of course, you know, because of what's going on right now, Hobby Lobby is shut down and, and I didn't have time. But my Meyer store, which is basically the northern Walmart um, for all you people that live below the Mason-Dixon line, um, I went to, to Meyer and they had regular old Rust-Oleum clear coat and I sprayed it on, had the exact same experience that Brett is finding with yeah, the, the Treehouse. That may be what I have to shift to. But you know what? Yep. That asshole, John Russell, jumped in at one point and started talking about Matt. I mean, what the fuck does he know? Hey, I'm shaking my can right now, you son of a bitch. I'm ready to go. See, can you hear that bubble? I love my treehouse shit, buddy. Who invited that guy? Who let him in our podcast? <laughs> I snuck in. I heard, I heard you guys were talking tonight, so I decided I'd jump in. Exactly. Tell us about it. I've been using this stuff for about a year. And it's, you know, it's $7.99, $8.99 a can. You go down to your Hobby Lobby, your local place. And this stuff is never frosted on me it's never uh overloaded you know if you put too much on a miniature sometimes you get like that extra chunky stuff on there it's never happens it's never yep. welled up yep. it's, it's it's never frosted it's it's any kind of temperature any kind of humidity especially here in oklahoma i've never had any problem with this treehouse stuff i can't i can't you know swear by it but now i, I swear by it I, I can't praise it enough now i do know that some of the guys out there like to do a gloss coat and because uh, a gloss coat is always thicker on the spray than a, than a uh, matte coat because it's a little thinner. So some of the guys out there will do a gloss coat or whatever, and then the matte coat. I just do a couple, you know, one or two matte coats of this clear, this clear acrylic treehouse stuff. I mean, I can't, I love this stuff right here. It's just, it's, it's, it's the bee's knees. It's great stuff. No huffing the gloss coat and matte coat there. Come on. <laughs> hey, now, if you run out of alcohol, you know, because you're all sequestered, you got to go with something, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Got to take something up here. Well, you know, that's, that's good to know with uh, the differences between the matte and the gloss, because I've, I, I'm a creature of habit. And so I've always used brush on gloss coat, because once again, with a gloss coat, I can, I can be sloppy with it. It's going to flow out. It's going to even out. Um, and, and it's just kind of, it's my comfort level. I would like to transition to a spray coat but almost every single one that I had gone out there and talked about had one or two people going, hey, man, it frosted my miniature, or hey, man, it worked great until it got to be 52 degrees, you know. And and so it was one of those kind of things that I was really hesitant of, so I'm absolutely on board uh, trying it. And I probably, John, will do exactly what you say. I'm going to try the matte coat. Uh, and, and I just want to do something different on this next set of aircraft um, and and try that rather than my brush-on GWR coat uh, just to see if, if I can get in there, get the flurry wash on, uh, and then go decaling and then put the final matte coat on. You do the gloss coat, then the flurry and the decal. Right, right. I, I do the opposite. I do all the stuff, then I seal it. 
Yeah. yeah, see, I did, I, and I just did with the Rust-Oleum gloss, which, and I'll put a picture of it on the website, which is just a regular Rust-Oleum gloss. And I was doing it when we had a pouring thunderstorm outside. So it was in my wife's garage stall spraying the model. And then because it's still 50 degrees outside, I was shifting into my closed garage stall for my car next door and putting them in there to let the fumes go away before I brought them in the house. And it's it worked perfect. Now, what I did was gloss coat, decals, gloss coat, Flory wash because I like my Flory to sit on top of my decals. Oh, okay. And, yeah, see, I'm and, 50 50 on that. I, you know, and and I, let's, and let's, I'll let's tell you this for a second. When you though. try it with the gloss, which there were times when I did decals before where I was using the gloss coat from AK Interactive and I was putting my Flory over that where my my decals were getting matted down and were getting ugly. Yeah, but with the exactly. gloss from Rust Oleum. Then putting the decal in and then sealing it in with another gloss coat and give it, I let it dry overnight, which you probably don't have to, but I let it dry overnight just because I could. And I put Flory on it. And because Brett said, you know, you can leave it set, which you could not do with the AK Interactive stuff. I was like, well, we're just going to try it because I can repaint these. I'm sitting in quarantine anyway. So I let all of my Mossies sit for like, it was like a whole day. Went back with a Q-tip, cleaned the Flory off. Absolutely perfect. There is barely any flurry that stuck to the coating. And what did tiny bits stick in like the white, the uh, the duck egg white that's on the bottom of the freaking mossies, it it just looks like weathering. It looks like it's dirty, <laughs> like an airplane that actually rolled down a run, well, runway. So, so that was going to be you my know. question was did, did because this is getting, getting way scientific on you here, but yeah. was it the the decal setting that was blurring the edges enough that when you gloss coated it the second time, there was no decal edge for the Flory to stick to, so it only stuck in panel lines. The other thing I did, the other thing I did different this time than I usually do is usually I do use a decal setter. Um, I use Microset and Microsol because I had read online that you don't have to when you use the the gloss coats like this. I tried that. You can't see where my decals start. Wow! And they were they were straight up. And by the way, the Warlord freaking Moss decals. If I got a critique. Those things are like freaking hard as rocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, so oh my that's, God. that's that's my experience in all the Warlord decals, which is funny. You've got to soak me because, the effing yeah, hell out you, of you those do, things. Which is so funny because I'm so used to, I'm so it's, used to uh, Kevin's like, that I, Kevin's they, stuff is just they a dream. See the water, and all you guys, of a sudden they're ready to slide. You guys off. just need to buy a nice country <laughs> villa villa for Kevin yeah. near Nottingham. Bring him over, give him a printer, and just cut him loose. I think he'd be the happiest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you guys would have the finest decals in all of modeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about people sneaking in. I think somebody else snuck in here. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, everybody just keeps letting people into this chat room. Uh, Brett all of a sudden decided to join us. Well, uh, oh, great. We got one of the spring breakers from Florida in yeah, here exactly. now. Oh, now yeah. we're all going to get sick. Florida boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I've always done the, the, the paint the model, floor wash, decal and then seal and i and and uh i've never done the multiple layers like you guys are talking so i have to i got some time now maybe i'll have to go try that it, it just weathers it it puts the decal especially if you got a decal like on the mossies you've got that forward line of the wing that 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 um that round l sits up against yeah. and if you do the flurry over that it just sinks in enough that you get a line right on the decal in it. Oh my God, it just, this whole other layer of making it look like it was painted on there than if it didn't. Nice. Paint your model, seal it, decal it, seal it, flooring seal it. Yep. Okay. 
Yep. Yeah, and it, when right. I seal, I seal with, um, I, I honestly, I, I use AK for everything except my final seal coat. And for this scale, I have not found a better seal coat than the satin finish from freaking Vallejo at, you know, $3 a bottle. There's just something about it. It, it has the right amount of shine, the right amount of matte. It just, anything else looks too shiny or looks too matted down. I've tried, you know, because I use ultra matte on a lot of my 30K models, but it just, when I put ultra matte on these models because they're so small, it just, the contrast doesn't look as good. There's, it just doesn't look alive anymore. It doesn't yeah, look like a natural. The funny thing airplane. is I, I have like four different, five different Vallejo <laughs> coats that I, that I have to try out there. Um, and to be honest, I, I kind of went back into using their standard matte uh, just because that, that was so low, uh, low sheen. Um, that on the airplanes, at least it didn't, didn't make it look too artificial. Nice. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the flight line and talk about what we're working on. A few things that specifically Brett's been working on. I know he's been working on B-29s, working on some targets for Midway and for Malta. Brett, fill us in on all the details. Man, I'm, I'm putting my time in, uh, lockdown (laughs) into good use, I guess. You know, uh, our States just ordered the, uh, stay at home order which we were already doing anyway. So anyway, uh, I've got a bunch of stuff going on. I've been talking about my silly pile of resin. So I whittled some of that down. I, I'm just about done with another B29. This time I did Command Decision from Korea. So that's going to look real nice. I am simply waiting for... Uh, I did a funny thing. Uh, like my last... Yeah, I, I, so how did you damage your, your airplane? Tell us about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I was putting the prop discs on like I did on the last one. And I wasn't gentle and I broke one. And I only had four, which is exactly what I needed. So long story short, the thing is all done except for the one prop disc. I'm waiting for some more in the mail. But uh, anyway, so that should look real nice. I'll get pictures of that up soon. Uh, I, I'm also working on a couple of targets for um airstrike one is a well they're both carriers one from malta i've got the hms uh, illustrious that i'm working on i think it's gonna look real nice and the yorktown for our uh, our pacific boards and uh, now did you use those flight deck decals that we talked about earlier on either one of those or is that uh, only on the uh, japanese uh, yeah well no i did it on the uh, on the yorktown and it looks really good and i'm Probably tomorrow I'll get it done on Illustrious. I just finished painted, painting Illustrious, so i got to get the decal on. But they're pretty cool. If you haven't seen them, there's a place. Actually, our buddy Kevin told us all about them. Uh, and uh, it's a place called Flight Deck Decals. Apparently, all they do, just like the name <laughs> suggests, are decals for aircraft flight decks. And I got a, I got them at... Proof positive there are some serious nerds out yes. there. Yeah. If you're supporting yourself making decals of scale model carriers. Look, I'm telling you, <laughs> I don't know their whole range, but if you go to flightdeckdecals2400.com, you'll find what I found. I found 2400 scale carrier deck decals, and they're working for me. I think it just made the Yorktown yeah. look all that much better, and it's going to do the same thing for Illustrious. Yeah, and I'm all over it. I, tr- I painted... Um, one of the Japanese carriers and it's escaping me now. Um, but anyway, when I painted it the other day, the one thing I didn't like was I don't like the flight deck decals. There are the lines that I put on there. I try to do them with masking tape, but at that scale, it just doesn't come out right. And I needed a crisper line. And I, I even looked at the, some of the forge world horse heresy decals, but none of them were, were skinny enough for what I wanted. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Do they do it like a, uh, a decal for 
the Japanese ones have made it look like a you know a, like a car- uh, a battleship or a cruiser. You know that kind of funky little paint, or is it just all lines and stuff? Yeah, the the fake camouflage one that they uh, they used to use. I don't recall. I don't know their whole range. It's been a little while since I ordered the decals, and I was looking specifically for those two carriers because I already had the models for them. But uh, we should we should do some clicking and see what what their total range looks like. I would guess they yeah, might have that absolutely. kind of stuff. So what else have you been working on, Brett? Let's see. I just got a big box of stuff. And uh, oh, is that from that same jerk that keeps shipping me stuff too? I mean, hey, dude, if I don't yeah. have to paint it, man, if I pay somebody, there you go. Hey, hey, you know, so so I ask for Judge Dredd, and what do I get? I get a 1980s board game that I actually have to move counters around. Holy crap! After read rules, you, what? Yeah, you're, you're kind of helping. You're loving it. Trust me. <laughs> I know, I know, and we're appreciative. I'm appreciative, appreciative you sent uh, Rolling Thunder my way. Do a little War Games research on, dude. I just pulled up the Flight Tech decal site and pull up the IGN Midway carriers. Uh, uh, oh my god, sploosh! <laughs> yeah, no, no game gasms as we were talking about. Oh no, no game gasms. Those are so sexy. I want to know who builds those models because I've got to have them. They are just freaking insane. Not the decals alone, but the ships with the tiny little airplanes on them and everything. That is just freaking amazing. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna get some pictures up uh, before the end of the week of those two carriers I just finished. I think the, the decals just make them look that much better. I mean, we're talking, you know, what four, uh, five, six inch long models are not very big but this little decals make it just all that much nicer it's cool so uh anyway uh i was telling you about the stuff i'm working on some more stuff i'm working on i just got today a box in the mail from somebody i'm doing a little uh uh a little trade a little barter so mr john enough discs in that box man that was a pile of stuff oh my goodness so yeah john sent me a whole pile of skill discs at John, you, you realized you could have got some really sloppy ranger sex in pink panties for those discs, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, there is, if there is one thing, if there is one thing that Brett was like willing to sell his soul and his body for, it was more discs. There is, I mean, every, at every, every turn. Hey, you gotta, it's like, it's like, it's like, whatever, Tyrone Biggums from freaking it exactly the, is. the internet, like scratching himself. You got any more of them flight discs over there? <laughs> he asked for, for a specific number of different ones, and I'm like, Okay, I'll send them to him, but you realize these are double-sided. Because, I mean, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just send you what you asked for. And there's some special ones, and they're like the four or fives you don't get too many of. But, you know, I figured I'll just take care of them, and I threw some extras in there. So and you've got some experimental stuff from Litco in there for those different big sizes of props. And then those those thin ones, I don't know where I got those from, but uh, I figured you could probably use those as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, – John sent me – a box of two sixty twos in Nawanti, so I'm going to paint those up for him in exchange for those those discs. And I'm doing Johnny Red in the Falcons. Johnny, so that'll be yeah. cool. I've, I just started working on the Falcons today. I'm getting them all prepped and ready to prime. So probably get some primer on them. Have you read the comic yet, bro? No, I have not. Oh God, that is definitely something you need to pick up on eBay. It's it's on Amazon. It's cheap. I think it's on Prime. It's like I, I want to say it's like twelve bucks for the all the comics together in one volume. It, it's great. It, it, that's that's a must read if you're painting that. That's cool. The one that I mean, you know, we're all grown men here and stuff, but there's one in there. There's a storyline that about the hurricane, uh, and uh, it almost had me in tears towards the end because it's one of those, you know, they. Uh, billionaire dude finds a hurricane he wants to get it restored then he goes and tries to find the the background so they go back into johnny's history and the whole story about it and stuff and then 
you know, towards the end, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but you know, it's he comes on the line to, to give the first flight, and he goes, "Yeah, some old guy and his wife are walking, looking around." I'm like, "Oh Jesus!" They hit me right in the heart, you know, because there's some stuff in that. The, the graphics are great. The storyline is great. It, it, there's a twist in there about the Stalingrad stuff and Hitler and, and Stalin, but it's 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 they're great. They're 1970s, but man, they'll they'll grab you. Yeah, it was it was really good, really good story and great graphic design. I mean, the, the gra- as a graphic novel, it really stood up. It's cool. I need some references anyway for the uh, for the paint, right? So I know what I'm doing. Exactly. And then I, I think I sent you guys the picture in the in one of the messengers about the out of the blue with all the mozzies, and that's another great great graphic novel that that's got some good good uh, graphics for uh, you know, if you want to paint some mozzies and some good storylines as well. Did you guys already talk about those mossies you painted, Chris? Chris talked a little bit about it. Just a tiny bit when we were talking about the the decal stuff. But yeah, I, I got my first four mossies of the set of six done. And by the way, John Russell, um, if you can pull any strings, if there is anybody that you have like sexual evidence on that you can blackmail at Warlord, please make more plastic models. Yeah. Those damn mossies are the coolest, the, the easiest model I've ever, it's the most beautiful airplane I don't know, I I've think their hurricane is perfect. So, so their I hurricane is good hurricane too, is it airplane, really is. But as a, as a fighter model, it takes primer well, it yep. paints well, the, the, the lines are big enough. The only gripe I have about the Mossy is every once in a while having to fill a couple things or, yeah. or do a little bit of sanding. The uh, Folkwolf 190s are freaking, are the same exact plastic as the Hurricanes and those are beautiful yeah, too. Yeah, it's like the yeah. 110, yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, we're doing. We're moving more and more towards plastics and resin. So you, you're going to start seeing less and less of the metal, I think, uh, and that and the, the original plastic. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, upcoming stuff. What's coming in the midway box? The type of material. I mean, we, we know it's going to be a Pacific aircraft, but we don't know the material of the aircraft. I'm thinking, I'm hoping it's going to be the either the world resin of that plastic that we're talking about because that's that's the shit right there. Yeah, I, I hate to say it because it's kind of one of those business development decisions, but I think if they did it in the good gray plastic, then that would really be a winner in the U.S. because it would put the price point down a little bit, even though they'd obviously have to buy more boxes of it. Um, but it bring the price point down a little bit. And you'd get people out of the the worry about resin and and oh my gosh am I you know how how well done are these resin models et cetera et cetera and all the drama we see on the internet every day about resin models there'd be a right. consistency of them being that hard plastic um, and I think that would help the American market yeah and I think they're they're still shooting for the the magical fifty dollar box set and I think there's it's just gonna be like the Battle of Britain but it'll right. be midway that's what I've been told so far and uh, I'm I'm talking a little more with the guys in the AQ because apparently we all have more time on our hands right now so I'm gonna try to get some more chats with them tomorrow and talk with the guys and see if I get some more intel. Since we uh, didn't really get a chance to talk about it offline, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, sure. I know you guys had a big meeting today. Uh, I know there's a couple things we'd put forward that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, any any news to relate uh, from Warlord HQ? Anything? I haven't heard anything more. Uh, the, the movers and shakers that I usually talk to haven't gotten back to me on that. I think it's solid. And if the, the Archfiend God, uh, Andy, blesses it, I think we'll be fine. I, I'm really excited about that idea. I think we talked about it before. Right now, I'm feeling like that little freaking squirrel from Ice Age trying to find that nut. And it, it, I have this feeling that there's something out there that needs to be done, and i got to do it fast. And I think what you guys came up with uh, is phenomenal. It's br- brilliant. I think it's great. I think it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be another level of gaming that, because of what we're all going through right now, reconnects us a little better. 
and uh, uh, I've chatted with some folks about it. I've chatted with Jim Swapple about some other ideas we might have for like bolt action and, and work for Blood Red Skies too. But uh, I think it's great. And uh, I talked with John on Friday, so I think I'm going to try to get some more out of him for that. But I am nice. very excited about what you guys came up with. It's phenomenal. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. So uh, everybody knows how we kind of work over on the lead pursuit team. You know, we... Uh, well, other than Chris, I mean, you know, Chris doesn't have a day job, but Brett and I have day jobs. <laughs> hey, wait a Chris minute, Chris is man. just too full busy. Time, uh, full-time college student. Exactly. Dude, it's rough, man. It's killing me. Online He's trying to decide school, whether he goes to class or sleeps no in every day. It's killing me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so we have real time jobs. So, we're, a lot of these projects we get into, we're not getting in to make money. We're always trying to end up, you know, either recouping the shipping costs or whatever, whether it's selling Malta maps or selling swag or stuff like that. As we've ended up in this world where we are physically disconnected, uh, we're all jonesing for an ability to at least face another opponent across the table. Uh, and while some of these things, like the the flowchart for solo play, help because at least it allows allows you to push models around the table and not feel like you're totally cheating. You're somewhat following some rules that Andy has set out. Uh, some of us kind of said, there's got to be a way to do this virtually. Um, and so so what we decided to try, or really I was stupid enough to try because I'm not a coder. Uh, I'm not a, a computer 3D modeler. Uh, we jumped onto Tabletop Simulator. And by the time this podcast drops... You'll be able to go out and see on Steam, yes, so if you're one of the Steam subscribers and you have uh, the ability to play their games, uh, for Tabletop Simulator, there will be a very basic Blood Red Skies download. <laughs> so it won't be everything everybody wants at the get-go. And, well, once again, reference my comments about me not being a coder or a 3D modeler. Uh, I have to give credit where credit's due. You know, first of all, thanks to Andy for not shutting me down when I first floated the idea to him and said, hey, what do you think about this? And in fact, he didn't say anything for a couple of days, which kind of scared me. Uh, but uh, as he as he gave us his approval and said, hey, you know, this is the kind of thing we, we want to do right now. Uh, one of the topics kind of became, well, what the heck do we do with it? Because if anyone's ever fooled around with Tabletop Simulator, you can go in there right now and download every bolt action army that exists. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know if you've done, done that yet, John. Have you have you seen oh, how I much stuff not. is out there? Oh, it's it's hilarious because you can go down a rabbit hole that you'll be you'll be building armies and not even playing for for hours and days and things like that. And and you know, I was jumping in looking for various models to use and things that, that we could all share and, and uh, work off of. But finally at one point, uh Nothing that I was doing was hacking it. So thankfully, thankfully, Rosalind, yes, the creative Jet Age Edition, uh, she came through and said, hey, let me do some modeling stuff for you. Let me model the stands. Let me uh, help you out with some of the stuff uh, because she obviously does stuff for 3D printing, uh, which helped me out greatly. So Roz, thanks a ton. I was already becoming an alcoholic uh, with the lockdown and playing on Tabletop Simulator, uh, and you saved me from becoming worse uh, by helping me with the models. It's not alcoholism. Uh, it's keeping your body from being prone to the virus. Exactly. Exactly. I, well, I've learned that I'm just, I'm going between coffee and alcohol. So pretty much the, the, those are my two consumptions. Throughout there the was day. a rash of April Fool's jokes today saying that various governors were curtailing the sale of alcohol in states. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't one think of, they were well received by a lot of people. <laughs> he, said, he said that he'd been waiting to drop that for you know for the last two weeks, and I just had to laugh. Um, and, and I'm going to say something, so I'll become very unpopular here. Um, but 
in light of all that's happening, I am not one of those people that says no April Fool's jokes. I was actually drafting about three or four different ones involving Blood Red Skies, the Lead Pursuit podcast, even poking fun at Andy. And, and and I just ran out of time today. Um, I, I think humor is something the world needs right now, uh, as dark as things are. And April Fools is a perfectly good opportunity. And so maybe there'll be April second jokes from the Lead Pursuit podcast if I get off my ass. But we have to, we have to at least find something to laugh about. So so back to Tabletop Simulator. What what will be out there by the time this podcast drops? Um, hopefully something that's fairly equivalent to the Battle of Britain boxed set. A handful of ME-109s, a handful of Spitfires, some pilot discs, some dice. Uh, you're stuck with a Malta map because that's what I had that I could digitize. So you get to see part of this Malta map that we've been ooing and aahing over. Um, if and you're me, you're stuck that. with two Malta mats. Oh, yes. <laughs> Shut up. Let's not talk about my shipping problems. To my friends at Deep Coats, I love all of you. And now Chris can make fun of me because we shipped it to him twice. <laughs> I that's had to all right. get it in there. We'll get it to Brett. Um but uh, so so once again, the, the great artwork that Ivan did for us, we scaled that down. We put it to an appropriate resolution for the game. Uh, and now you can play on a four by four table overhead Malta with BF 109s, Spitfires, some very uh, some basic cards. Yes, there are cards in, in the game, so you can reference them. Um, but this is a work in, pro- in progress. And the goal isn't for lead pursuit to to be the guys that make the final version of it oh no, we're making the introductory version. You, the rest of the community, you're making the, the follow-on versions. You're finding the models, you're releasing the updates. Uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, that's kind of what the Blood Red Skies Ready Room is for. So if there's something you want or there's skills you have either in 3D modeling or in working any one of these things, coding for the games, uh, building you know JSON files, if you know what a JSON file is. Um, if, if you know any of these things, then pitch in and help out and let's build something that we can all use to play blood red skies and to interact with each other and to have fun. Um, and we also know that it's never going to be a replacement for the physical models because sure is fun pushing little pixels around, but not the same as being across the table from somebody that you loathe like Christopher and, uh, and beating them handily in a game, which I haven't done for a year. So I feel really disappointed. I know you were, you were out in Adepticon. You didn't get to whoop my butt. I, so, yeah. I mean, there's there's like a hole in your soul right now. So there anybody who's going to play against Doug, so, watch so out. So we got to talk about this with John. I mean, I I feel I feel cheated. COVID nineteen has has crushed my chance that we were all going to sit around drink a beer or tear. dude, the dream that I had, man. I tell you, we had so much stuff lined up, and a lot of people were 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 disappointed, and it, and it is what it is. But I mean, we had Malt, it's one of those things. We had Stalingrad. We had Midway. I had a four fucking foot oh sorry four freaking foot long carrier ready to go we had so much stuff and we were bringing so much you know jeremiah weed and, and uh dust gringos that we were going to have a ball and with us and then of course all the guys from um snafu podcast were going to be there uh simon tiffs from the uk it was going to be glorious but you know hey it is what it is so 2021 will be better that's right imagine what that collection will look like next year right Oh, dude, it's just going to be crazy. I mean, the amount of aircraft that we were going to have on that table was going to be mind-boggling. It was just going to be something. But, you know, hey, it is what it is, and uh, we'll have it in another day or time, and uh, we'll all get together and have our Jeremiah weed, and we'll we'll sing along with those gringos. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, Doug, I wanted to say, you know, I got on with you last night. We messed around with that 
uh, with the tabletop simulator thing. And I yeah. just, it yeah, looks awesome. And I like what you said about it being, you know, the first iteration sort of like a digital version of the box set, if you will. And like you said, I mean, there is so much potential. Some smart people are going to get a hold of that, and it's going to turn into something that has exactly smart and talented people, neither of which are me. So, <laughs> and and you know, full disclosure, I went out there and I pulled down all these different models, a bunch of different aircraft, started loading stuff in there, and then realized I'm like, you know what? It isn't about seeing the 3D model. It's about the rest of the game and and the rest of the pieces, like the clouds, boom chits. You know, being able to to feel like you're there even if you are only playing 109s versus Spitfires, we'll figure out the rest of the model right. stuff later. That's right. Hopefully that won't It's Mark 1 Mod 0 right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, all the stuff we played with started with Pong, man. So, you know, hey, come on. <laughs> That's true. Well, and the other cool thing is it's a great playtest uh, machine. So it's been good to go in there and to throw some of the Vietnam models in. And Roz has done an awesome job supplying me with uh, Vietnam models. Uh, so that we've been able to go in there and, and try out some of the the potential playtest rules there and work through that. And of course, um, that that is a slippery slope in, in and of itself, because conveniently, about the time that I imported all the Vietnam models into Tabletop Simulator, oh yeah, my Vietnam resin showed up. So uh, Dave Schmidt, true to his, his uh, word, uh, was delayed by uh, about four weeks. I got the stuff, you know, very shortly after he shipped it. It's beautiful. Uh, oh my God, the F4 is huge in one two hundredth. So I can now back up the uh, the comments that everyone's made of maybe we should have thought of changing scales going to Vietnam. Um, but but I'll tell you right now, painting up F4s, F105s, F8s uh, in Vietnam is is going to be interesting. And, and I'll tell you right now, Brett. I know I promised you that I was going to send you the uh, the F105s. I, I don't know that I can. Those sculpts are so nice. I, I want to do them myself. Even though it'll take me 10 times as long as it would take you, I really want to do them. They're, it's 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 cool resin. So Dave has done a great job with the Vietnam era stuff. I can't um, wait to see him. How, how big is that F4? Big. I mean, it's <laughs> it's twice the size of a Spitfire. So let's let's put it in, in frame of reference there. So it, it it's a big... Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I, I, I like that big chunk of resin and it being a fighter and not just being a bomber out there. It doesn't sound too big. Yeah, it's, it's not prohibitively big. So uh, I'll be interested as I get them, uh, get the, the bases cut up, get them magnetized the way I do the bases, um, and, and we'll see how it fits on the advantage stand. Um, but they, they are not small, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to play with those. And hopefully here in at least a couple months, we'll get back to physical games. John, you see why we need these pilot skill discs? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Exactly. We have we have terrible habits. All right. Well, let's talk about a couple of things uh, real quick with the uh, TTS release, with the the solo release, and then we'll move on to some listener questions. Um, the The first thing I want to say is that we have absolutely engaged Warlord about it to to make sure both Andy and Warlord are good with everything we're doing. Um, our intent is not to uh, not to duplicate anything Warlord's doing. We're not trying to go out there and fill in every model and and um, try to to take away from what their releases are. We really want this to be a project they want to collaborate on and a project that they see the value of. And if they transition to some point producing a, uh, a DLC version that costs to download because they're taking their 3D models and their time and their effort and applying it to that, Lead Pursuit's all behind that. Um, this is a collaborative community. We know it also takes money to run businesses. Um, so Warlord's going to have to figure out what their, what their part of the whole model is. 
but the good thing, if you go out there and you look at whether it's what's on there for bolt action, what's on there for 40K, what's on there for various other board games that people play, whether it's Settlers or a lot of the other things, you'll find that there's both sanctioned and unsanctioned models. And generally, other than the big monster of GW, not a lot of people really get hacked off and pissed off about IP out there um, because people are trying to drive interest in those game systems in a virtual system. Um, because most people who go out there and want to maintain a model collection want pretty painted ones. Digital ones don't help them out so much. It it feeds a little, scratches a little bit of the itch, feeds a little bit of the addiction, but not as much as having that model that you've painted yourself. So. Well, you guys can be proud though. You kick that ball down the hill, and it's just going to go roll, and it's going to just going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, Chris will tell you that's actually all I'm good for is I'm an idea man. I don't actually air, carry anything across the finish line. I just sit in the staff meeting and go, hey, has anyone thought of, and then expect my... You're a good idea fairy, you son of a bitch. Doug, I, I totally Doug's, am a good idea fairy. Doug's a non-throwing quarterback. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Wow. He's really good at sitting in the huddle, smacking me on the ass and saying, hey, I'm going to hand you a ball. Go run through those big guys. <laughs> good game. I think there are many majors and lieutenant colonels in the Marine Corps that would agree with that. That, that sadly, is, is a very good description. But, hey, yeah. I tell you what, it, it, those guys win Super Bowls, too. Yeah. <laughs> they get the ring, man. They get the ring. Those guys play for the Cowboys. Oh! Uh, hey, man, Dilfer. Yeah. <laughs> You're the Trent Dilfer of Blood Red Skies. Oh, God. Oh, I wish I'd never said that. I'm now going to go hang my head in shame. All right. Well. Besides talking about my uh, embarrassing inability to get it across the finish line. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about some of the listener questions that are out there. Um, some of it's kind of kind of generic. Uh, people are always asking, hey, what's the best sleeve or what's the best carrier or what's the best, um, you know, some of these components that uh, aren't readily available on Warlord's site. Um, and I know, Chris, you and Brett have used standard baseball card style holders for the large, excuse me, aircraft cards. Uh, yes. And so I've used the standard two and a half by three and a half ones uh, from a couple different companies, uh, all of them available off Amazon. Um, but the mini European board game company or board game size ones, what has everyone found? I use Fantasy of Flights just because they're cheap and I can get a huge pack of them. What does everyone else use? I'm using generic ones off of Amazon, just picked in that size. And I haven't found any one that's any better than the other. I think I've ordered them from three different places already, like packs of 50, and they've all been good. John, what have you so. used? I was fortunate enough to I had to be over uh, back in New York last year doing some stuff and demos, and it was a comic book store. And uh, I went over to the section, I'm like, hey, these fit just perfect for my cruel cruel seas and my blood red sky so I, I think they're just generic crap right out of the box and the only reason i use the uh the ones from uh fantasy flight um is is simply just because they come in packs of 500 or something stupid like that so i've been producing or, or been boxing up stuff to to drop off as demo games with some of my friends that that own game stores and so when all of a sudden i find myself with all of the starter set cards plus an expansion or two or whatever you know i'm i'm going to go play with these guys all of a sudden <laughs> i need a bunch of card sleeves so yeah uh, me buying them in pack of 50s comes down to the fact that i can't plan my own addiction so it's like, yeah. oh, I only need 50 of those. And it's like, mm, well, I need another 50 now. Mm, now I need another 50. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so that's why I buy Hey, man, you got any more of them, them, them car sleeves out there, man? I can use some car yeah. sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I think I know what we're shipping uh, back to John. Hey, thanks for loaning us or for sending us the models to paint, and uh, thanks for loaning us a game. We're going to send you some I got sleeves. the real sturdy ones from my squadron cards just because they don't 
bend or anything. I, I, I tend to like those, but those wouldn't be practical. For I just, the... I don't like, they don't feel right playing with them. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I kind of like having this, the thinner card sleeves for, uh, for putting them down the table. I don't know. It's just, it's just, I got a couple of those really hard clunky ones that actually have magnets in them for like, for like your really expensive baseball cards. I, I ran into like 20 of those, like super cheap on Amazon at one time. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to give those a try. And it, it, it's way, it's, it's like super overkill, but they are pretty cool. So if you, if you had like your choice airplanes, you know, and you were only going to freaking the con with like one air force, it, it, they, they look pretty sweet. But you don't they're have to way lie. overkill. You, you you don't have to call them baseball card sleeves. We know they're the Magic the Gathering sleeves. And that's what you bought. Oh. So. <laughs> God, I walked right into that. You did. Dude. You totally walked into I just, that. One. I Love just, you like a brother. You just got me right back for the deal for <laughs> I did. I did. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we like the Lead Pursuit podcast because we can insult each other. It's like to know clubbing it. baby seals in this room. <laughs> it is. We we have links to those cards, the ones we've purchased on our uh, we list do. of stuff, right? So if you. If you go out to the Lead Pursuit podcast, which is leadpursuit.net, you'll see the link to resources. Click on that, and then it'll have a couple different card sleeves listed out there. Uh, and then obviously all the paints, all the different things we've talked about on the show. Uh, it'll, it'll give you a link directly to either it on Amazon, if it's generic like what a lot of the stuff we buy off Amazon is, or take you to specific uh, you know game sites like Pico Armor to go find the terrain we use. Take you to Litco when we talk about the markers, stuff like that. Holy crap, guys! I gotta, I, I gotta. Maybe it's the Jameson. I don't know, but you guys think about where you were six months ago, a year, and now look at Lead Pursuit. Now you guys have done phenomenal work. You've advanced the hobby phenomenally. I, I, it's an honor, and privilege to be with in the same chat room with you guys. You guys have just killed it, and it's, it's just great. And, and I think it's just, you know, sometimes I think, you know, anybody can do this, but no, no, not, not just anybody can do this. And you guys are just killing it with your skills, your, your, your knowledge and, and the way that you banter about, it. I think it's phenomenal. And you guys, you guys really need to, to, uh, to get, to get some kudos and, uh, bravo Zulu, you guys, you guys have done phenomenal work and, and thanks for being around and, and, uh, and let me come on and steal some of your time. Yeah, exactly. Well, we appreciate it. I mean, thanks for all the support that, uh, both you on the U uh, S side with warlord and then warlord UK has given us, um, because really between Warlord and Andy, you've both given us a lot of free reign and you've you've allowed us to be independent and to give you guys the finger when we feel like we ought to. <laughs> and you've also allowed us to suck up to you and go, hey, man, can I get some of that new resin? <laughs> exactly. And, you, and you've been really good about that. So so thanks for supporting us. We appreciate it. We're just trying to do right by the hobby and right by the community. Um, and hopefully all this swag that I acquired for Adepticon will hand out at the show one of these times. Otherwise, I'm going to have a lot of swag to be playing games with. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant segue. Uh, the, 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 the suggestion of doing it in Indianapolis in June or July or maybe even September, I think, freaking brilliant. Just make it a day or a weekend of just nothing but Blood Red Skies panels and stuff. I, I, I don't know if Andy can come over in a short notice, and uh, but, you know, it's the start. you got to start somewhere. And why not have a day or two, a weekend, find a place that's centrally located? I, I think uh, the schedule would be fine. <laughs> right now, my con schedule is kind of open. It's, it's weird. My, my schedule's kind of open as well. So so i got to give credit where credit's due, you know. 
Rick Tab has been driving that chain and uh, that chain, that train. He's been driving the train. And um, that's one of those things that, you know, the listeners a lot of times come back to us with good ideas. And sometimes their ideas were like, hey, that's an awesome idea. Now is not the time for it. Uh, or in this case, you know, Rick had said, hey, OK, we all lost out on Adepticon. What's the when do we think the the next earliest opportunity to set something up and, and do just something for Blood Red Skies? Let's let's hang out with the people that we know want to play the same game. And sure, we'll drag some bolt action players in there and show them why they should like little airplanes. Um, but, uh, but he'd thrown out said, Hey, do we want to do something in June? Do we want to do something later in September? Uh, I know there'll be a lot of planning. And, and at the end of the day, we, we are, uh, at the mercy of, um, you know, what various state and local governments and everyone does in reaction to the, the COVID-19 crisis. Um, but the fact is, we're always happy when listeners contact us with good ideas and go, hey, I'll take the ball and I'll run with this, but what do you think? Is this something that Warlord and Lead Pursuit and everyone can get behind? And absolutely, we're always, we're always looking for good ideas that we can, that we can put out and, and say, hey, guys, what do you think about June? And so, so I'm going to laugh. If everyone comes back and goes, John, you and Doug are idiots. We're not going to do anything in June. Then we'll go, Roger that. We're all idiots. Hey, Rick, guess what we're not doing in June? <laughs> fire, shift fire. Um, yeah, exactly. And, we'll, and we will. We'll just shift to something later and we'll, we'll pick a good date that works for everybody um, and do something in you know the Midwest area for Blood Red Skies um, because we've been kind of beating it up in the Southeast. I know that this fall we knock on my wood desk here. We will be at Crucible, uh, which is so close to Brett that if Brett doesn't show up for Crucible, I will never speak to him again. That's right, Bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's right yeah, there. It's not one. even a commute. <laughs> um, October 9th, 10th, 11th, right? Uh, yes. Right. I got to use my flight voucher before January for whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. You, you can take a flight from Jacksonville to Orlando. No, no. Come on. We can, <laughs> It'll take you longer to get your bags. Something good, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I won't be able to probably be there because I'll probably be up if everything holds. I'll be up in Michigan GT because we've really started, and that's where <laughs> the old Chris story comes in. But I mean, I was about to say, yeah, we can send Chris back up there so you guys I'll can... I'll be uh, at Michigan GT with you. <laughs> so we'll do that, and then... But I can send Eric and uh, probably the fight in Kentucky and down there to uh, Crucible. And, of course, Patrick Bollinger's down there as well, so there's no reason why we can't divide and conquer. Well, Eric took great care of us at Coastal Con, so it was good to be set up right next to him. Um, so absolutely was a was a, a good, good piece of teamwork there um, that we could sit there and... and you know, demo the game for him, free him up to actually talk to people about the models and about the games, uh, and uh, and and match that up because I know I know Brett and I had a good time uh, standing there doing that. Yeah, that reminds me. Uh, it was at Coastal Con. I, I bought some of those new Blood Red Skies base weights from him, and uh, yeah, I like them. I like them a lot. We used them for the metal Stukas. I think I was having some trouble getting them to stand up because you know they're heavy. But the base weights work great. I only mention it because this is our debrief section, and there was a recent listener question on uh, on the uh, ready room asking, hey, has anybody used these? What do you think about them? So I think they're awesome. I use them for those. I don't think you could probably get much heavier than a metal Stuka, and they work yeah. fine. <laughs> I think those those stands work great, and I think the good part is they already have the hole drilled through them so that you can just push out the pilot disc uh, as you need to. Uh, some of the people ask, hey, can't I use either uh, lead flashing material or can I use a... Uh, a, just a regular washer. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, that, and that's I've done that where I've used a washer and, and blue tack to hold it in place. I don't think it's as elegant a solution as the Blood Red Skies one. Is it a cheaper solution? Yes. Does it work? Yes. Can you still pry the pilot disc out? Usually. Um, but man, if you if you want 
to not have to borrow your neighbor's drill press to put a hole in your washer. <laughs> go buy the go buy the one from Warlord. Well, and, and they'll work real good when we do the big red skies. You know, we start doing this one seventy second stuff from. Oh, don't, don't. You see, now I'm gonna burn all the good, all the good will that I've built with Andy. I'm gonna burn when when you bring up bring up big big red skies. I don't know what everyone else's opinion is, and I'm not gonna worry about that. Um, but uh, I, I'm still not convinced. I'll have to play it. When I play it, then maybe I'll go. That's a good idea because right now I'm like, that's a terrible idea. I get the one oh nine. We'll see. Yeah, I know everyone's going to just just cry to absolutely go out and get the Airfix models. Yeah, I will say that when um, we were at um, Michigan GT last year, I think you had a Corsair there. John, seeing that Corsair fly across Tarawa and that scale, the same as the Blood Red Sky, it was pretty badass. So so let's dwell on that for and a second. And Michael Adams painted that model. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, let's let's dwell on the scale just for a second, because this is where all the goodwill I've tried to make him. I'm going to call Big Red Skies Stollard's Folly. <laughs> and it's kind of like Seward's Folly, but it's not a state. Um, so we'll see. I, I My concern is the scale, guys. My concern is even with the 172nd scale model, it doesn't feel zooming. No, I, I agree with you, too, because I'm thinking the scale issue. But I'll say that if you're a bolt action player and there's something really realistic about having those guys fly in for a turn and do something... And then right. fly out of there. That is that's sexy as hell. But that's the, to get that moment. Yeah, you're talking some cash, but we're stupid. We do things like that. I mean, I buy Titans. So, um, so <laughs> well, yeah, you, you are stupid. Dumb. We know you have um, So, if we can keep that box set, sorry guys, if we can keep that box set around 50, 60 bucks, and you get two one seventy second scale Spitfires and two one seventy second scale BF one hundred nines, and everything else is the same, money. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it will have a cool factor. My only concern is when I'm playing it, because right now playing it with the movement scale the way it is and moving a Spitfire feels like I'm zooming across the cliffs of Dover. I don't know when the model now becomes, you know, functionally three times as large. Is it still going to have that same feel for moving the same distance? Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. Well, and it's just, you know, you guys are the, the Games Workshop kind of things. Just think of it like, Epic, down to 40K, down to Inquisitor. That's what it's going to be. So now we'll, we'll, we'll do the swarm coming in for for the you know the Battle of Britain. But then when we do the big red skies, it's Johnny Johnson and Galand. And then they have a little extra panache, and they have a little extra, you know, genesis, whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, but we can really ramp up the... the, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, you know, Sailor Milan or, or Galand or, you know, the guys there with his wingman, and that gets down to the really nitty-gritty. And that's maybe what we can do with it. Yeah, just yeah. think about putting yeah. that in a, in a campaign. That'd be awesome. Like in a regular, in addition to a, a regular Blood Red Skies campaign where you get two guys squaring off or something, that's awesome. It definitely will be interesting to see. I, uh, I'm i just going to go in with my reservations, but that's okay. Uh, I think uh, I, I trust Andy and I trust Warlord to give it the old college try. And to make it as fun as they can, and, and if they have to tweak and change some things, and they may have to do that, then uh, I trust they'll do it. Um, so you're telling me is you're throwing down the gauntlet, so whenever I get that beta test, you want me to kick it over to you? Is that what you're telling me? 
You better, because I'll go back to being a freaking... I'm already basically a 12-year-old kid. I mean, I hang out in pajamas all day anyway and, and watch TV. It's not... So so if I hang out in pajamas all day and paint 172nd scale models, you know, it's it's no different. Sounds super special. Yeah. Don't forget to change your thing at 9 o'clock, you know. I got to change your night. 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock is the time to go from day pajamas to night pajamas. Yep. <laughs> you, you, I can tell you people aren't remote workers. There are no rules. You do not have to change Oh, the funniest pajamas. thing happened the other day. One of my buddies, his wife works for State Farm. Her name's Susan, and she's working from home, and she had put a sign on the door that says, please stay out. I'm working right now. <laughs> Susan from State Farm, and I just had to do it. I was like, hey, Susan from State Farm, what are you wearing? Pajamas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, in fact. Uh, the tough life of a remote worker. All right, well, the good thing is we've been talking for a while. We've uh, covered a lot of different issues here. John, it's been good to have you on. It's always great to to sit there and to get to BS with you and abuse you and and you know throw the barbs back and forth. Anything you anything you want to share with us? Any uh, any other questions you've had or other other issues uh, in the last couple of weeks that you've you need to bring up to the podcast? It came to me today as I was doing you know on Wednesdays I do my Warlord Wednesday update on our Facebook page, uh, the you know you know the U.S. Warlord demo page, and and I was reading through some of the. Uh, cancellations of the conventions, and I didn't want it to start feeling like you see in the movies or you, some of us screwed up during Vietnam, the casualty list at night on, on the news. It, I understand. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling between between cons and aircraft events. <laughs> and I and I get it, but, but folks, we'll get through this. We're sharing, we're exploring. Adepticon has discovered it with Adepticant that there is a virtual way to experience Adepticon that next year will make Adepticon even better than it is. The response of all the people, not a single negative comment on Adepticon when they had to cancel and Adepticant kicked in and Lynn Stahl and Head Miniatures and all those guys really went nuts and James did a bunch of stuff and it was phenomenal the um, elasticity and the bounce back of this hobby that we have. Um, Warlord is not up right now but the web store is up. You can check it out. Make your orders. Be advised, just like Litco says, it's going to be two or three weeks additionally to the usual flex we have of getting orders. We'll try. We're talking today and tomorrow about trying to figure out how we can come up in a minimum capacity, multiple shifting. We're still working through some some uh, gyrations. We're all there, and and we will get there, and there's new things coming. Make sure you watch the newsletter. It's once a week now instead of twice a week because we're trying to refine but send us your ideas, send us your inputs. Some of the releases, like our Stalingrad release and the uh, Victory at Sea release, will be pushed back, but it's coming. It just gives us a little more time to breathe, to, to uh, focus in on it. We'll get through this. Check on your buddies. Check on your gaming buddies. Give them a call. Us guys in the military had the old uh, 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 call tree, phone tree, or recall roster. Call your buddies. Check on them. Maybe do a game over line, you know, so come up with something. Maybe even uh, if you can get a video up and move things around. We'll get through this. We'll be stronger on the other side. We can do this. And just, just hang in there and, and uh, check in your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Roger and uh, and Ken and I even jumped on uh, just Facebook Messenger chat just to just to catch up. You know, it was uh, we, we were supposed to talk a little bit of playtesting. We were supposed to talk some, uh, some gaming things. 
Um, but uh, absolutely check up on your buddies and, and sit around, BS a little bit, uh, talk about all the games you would have played and how you would have totally crushed them, uh, and then uh, then move on to other things. Chris, anything uh, from you uh, before we close out today? I am good, man. I mean, we, we said everything, and, and you were talking about Adepticon, John. I think everybody who, who was with who, who went to Adepticon or was going to go to Adepticon got the email from them the other day. They've got the option where you can donate your stuff, donate your stuff, and still get all your merchandise or you know get a cart payback if you can afford it and i am not paid by depticon i have no loyalty to depticon other than they run a freaking great event if you can afford it walk away from it just just Absolutely. just let them keep the cash i i asked them for my merchandise and that's only because i i i'd like that small portion of of adepticon i want my cup and i want my do, dice do you know why i just didn't. so i can remember what didn't happen yeah, exactly. I don't want to see the cup and cry every time. So I, I just <laughs> like, keep the merchandise. I don't yeah, I was. I won the VIP thing, and I I let him keep it. But uh, I was kind of bummed, and I was like, oh man, that's I, I got the I won the lottery, dude. You shouldn't that now that you shouldn't have done. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's the thing I'll say is everybody is going to make a different decision for them, and so, yeah. so we're not we're not here to pass judgment or sit there and go, no, no man, you got to you got to donate everything. Or for some no. people, they they need the money back because they work a seasonal non-essential or you're laid off right job. now and that that's yeah, exactly. that, yeah you need that money back oh yeah but no judgment small choice for you uh, it just, for yeah, me it just but, felt like a dick move to have them send me all that stuff from the vip <laughs> or vig bag so <laughs> that's kind of also being being a guy who's had to ship stuff all over the u.s to a couple of you assholes <laughs> i'm like man i know my shipping is gonna cost them send my swag to me so let's not do that so you didn't uh, want those extra airplanes we put in there for uh, blood red skies is that it in the vig bag? yeah no i wanted yeah, all that yeah, stuff exactly. trust me yeah, because Brett needs more airplanes. Yeah, by the way, Brett, that stuff I sent you, there was something for the other guys in there, too. So make sure that uh, Chris and Doug get their little uh, presents in there that I sent in there. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm enjoying mine right know. now. Not to figure out how they're going to get theirs. Don't even want to know. <laughs> la, la, la. Brett, are you wearing Ranger panties right now? Wait, no, we don't need to know. Man, Ranger pajamas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Brett, <laughs> any, uh, any last any last closing uh, comments from you? Any spirits? Yeah, when are we uh, making our tabletop simulator game night yeah yeah so i think that's the problem is now i've created a problem that i'm going to be playing this thing uh so by the time this posts you should be able to go out to steam log into the steam client go look in the workshop for tabletop sim you'll see the blood red skies uh, starter kit in there you can play with that uh and then should you choose that you really want to beat up on brett and i uh you can figure out what night we're playing jump on discord with us uh chat with us and then beat us up on steam so i think it'll be fun um, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out. I know even though we all joke and say that we're on quarantine, we're on lockdown, we're on uh, you know social distancing, uh, that, that we have a lot of free time, I know there's still family demands. There's, there's kids that have to you know have parent time. There's, in my case, cats that need to be kicked. I mean, there's cats that, that need their love too. The fact is we all know there's time and, and demand on everyone's time. So thanks for everyone for spending the time with us. And John, always good to hear from you. See you guys later. Absolutely. We'll catch up with all the listeners uh, around the interwebs. 